0: You think you know me.
1: On this day I see clearly,
0: to Welcome Fudal Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Feudal Report Podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday edition of the show. Happy Hump Day to everybody out there. And while it's our third episode of the week, it is our second day live from the NFL Combine. While yesterday we spoke to the Bucks brass general manager, Jason Light, and head coach, Todd Bowles. Today, we talked to the prospects that could potentially be future Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, most notably today, we spoke to Defensive linemen, inside linebackers, and edge rushers, which are all positions that the Bucs will be looking at in this year's NFL draft. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow colleague from pewterreport.com, Bailey Adams. Bailey, you are in your first NFL combine in your illustrious journalism (laughs) career. Um, Give me your thoughts well, and your first time in
1: India, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm glad you mentioned that it was hump day and it's Wednesday because I'm losing track of days. I Same. really am having a hard time with that, but everything's been great so far. I'm really enjoying, enjoying the weather. Weather's been really nice out here. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it was fun talking to Todd Bowles and Jason Light yesterday. And uh, I'd say almost even more fun talking to some of the prospects uh, this morning. Yeah, because the
0: prospects are bright eyed, bushy tailed, you know, um, they're obviously talking about their NFL career, their aspirations for, uh, you know, what they they want to get into. They, they haven't seen the trials and tribulations such as, like, you know, Devin White ha- has been through a lot of crap. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. has been through a number of injuries. So, you know, you, you don't you, you – do don't, not ignorant to that stuff yet, at least at, at this point. So uh, we spoke to – a lot, of, uh, a lot of prospects today, like I said, the defensive line, inside linebackers, and uh, edge rushers as well. You see Isaiah McGuire right there at uh, Missouri. He was one of the guys. So the way it works for those um, watching at home right now that aren't as familiar with the combine, while yesterday, as we spoke about, we, we talked to uh, the, the coaches and the GMs, specifically for us with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Today and throughout the rest of the week, we'll be here until Saturday. Uh, you talk to different position groups. And for, for the Bucs in this year's draft, there's so many other positions that they need to fill overall. So, uh, like, each day, there's there's really something new. And the Bucs will be meeting with these players as well. I know we call it the Underwear Olympics when it comes to the NFL mm-hmm. combine. But um, it is just as important with the, the formal interviews that really go on. So. Um, the Bucks had a couple of formal interviews at each position and some informal as well. We'll get into a couple of those. Derek Hall from Auburn is one of the, um, the marquee guys, I would say, uh, out of this group. That's why we put him on the cover of uh, today's show. Also want to remind everybody that the Peter Report podcast is energized by Celsius. We love all their flavors, but... What we love more is when they come out with new flavors because it expands the palate even more. Uh, check out the Fantasy Vibe and the Sparkling Lemon Lime. The Fantasy Vibe, it's like drinking a creamsicle. You know Bucks fans love creamsicle. The Lemon Lime, uh, I've been a huge fan of. Uh, once I once I got it last month at the at the Senior Bowl, I've been drinking it ever since uh, it's, on it's the way to favorite. Indy as well. It's it your is, new, it new favorite.
1: Yeah. It right. is
0: awesome. my new favorite. All right. It's, awesome. Uh, cool. Very cool. Uh, Vitamins, zero crash or, or jitters that you kind of get with, with other brands when you have a, a Celsius energy drink. If you want to find out where um, where to get it, punch in your address in the store locator on the Celsius website, and uh, go to your local bodega to go get these new flavors. So once again, check out the fancy vibe and the sparkling lemon lime flavor at celsius hashtag live fit hashtag celsius energy so top balls and jason light have a uh, lot of decisions to make again because the agency jamel dean going to be back uh, is you know, some of the veterans on the defensive line will they be returning and that's why they're at the combine right now so let's start we can go a number of directions with this bailey but Ah, uh, do you want to read off some of the edge rushers that had formal interviews with the
1: uh, the Buccaneers today or yeah. this week? Yeah. So you can look at uh We have this uh, ongoing uh, combine interview tracker that will be updated by the day, um, and we started obviously today with, as Matt mentioned, the edge rushers, defensive linemen, inside linebackers. But yeah, going going with the edge rushers first, uh, they had formal interviews with Georgia Georgia's Nolan Smith, Kansas State uh, Kansas State's Felix and UDK Uzoma. Uh, Iowa State's outside linebacker Will McDonald, Auburn Derek Hall, as you mentioned before, and Missouri's uh, Isaiah McGuire, who you previously showed, and then Louisville outside linebacker Yaya Diaby, who, um, when Scott Reynolds wrote on PeterPort.com, who uh, was last week, he wrote a uh, Todd Bowles ideal Bucks draft where he drafted all Bucks defensive players because it would be that's what Todd Bowles would like. Right? He was he's a defensive guy, um, and Yaya Diaby was a pick in that um, in that mock draft. So yeah, those are the formal. Interviews the Bucks had with uh, edge rushers today. They had a, you know, a ton of them, you know, they meet with an informally where it's yeah. more, you know, the, the area scouts will meet with them. And it's, it's kind of more of a getting to know you kind of thing, because I believe they're only allowed to conduct formal inter- interviews with 45 players total. Um, I think they're like 18 minute, um, 18 minute interviews that they can they can run with those with, you know, the, the Bucks brass like the top, top guys, like the coordinators, Todd mm-hmm. Bowles, Jason Light. Um, but, yeah, so that, they, that's, that was uh, what was it, six uh, six or seven edge rushers they met with formally already.
0: Yeah, and let's start with Yaya Diaby, first of all, because his name is awesome. Who doesn't love saying Yaya? And he's going after a USF player, which obviously in this picture. So we know you would love that, Bailey. Yeah. Um, and like you talked about, Yaya was in Scott's quotations Todd Bowles uh, dream draft but we got familiar with Yaya because he was one of the guys that performed and performed well yeah. at the senior bowl I would say um, in my opinion and I think this is a good opportunity obviously Louisville in a pretty solid division but when you go up against like guys from the SEC and the Big Ten and you still hold your own out there uh, I, I think that's really important so I felt Yaya did a, a fairly solid job uh, with them and uh, another guy that I think has really stood out is Derek Hall. I mean, the frame and physique on this guy is really something. I mean, look at his the veins popping out of the biceps on him uh, in this photo in particular. Um, he really sets the tone out there because the size is – he plays bigger than he is. He's actually like an undersized player, and that's especially tough when – you're an edge rusher and you're trying to get after the quarterback and you have these gargantuan offensive tackles kind of going after you. But what he lacks in the size, he obviously makes up with the, um, the strength that he has. Uh, I know pro football focus in their draft analysis of him said that he's built like a Greek God. So I don't know if it gets any better praise than that. And I don't think you
1: can disagree. I mean, just look at this picture. I don't think you can disagree.
0: Yeah. And we'll have a video of, um, of hall in a little bit talking about his meeting with the box and and how he feels about Todd Bowles but uh another thing that he really brings to the table is the uh tenacity the intensity and I think that's really important when it comes to an edge rusher for guys going after the quarterback Bailey in my opinion you kind of have to have a screw loose uh, yeah. a little bit <laughs> you almost have to you obviously don't want to get penalized but you got to exhaust all costs to get after the quarterback and when you consistently are that energizer bunny, that guy that's going to get after the quarterback, go, go, go. Eventually you are going to wear down the will of the opponent trying to stop you. And I think that's where Derek Hall really uh, shines through.
1: Yeah. I mean, you say he's an energizer, bunny; he might be energized by Celsius himself. I yeah. Mean, just, <laughs> we, we don't know that for a fact, but, but you might. Have, uh, he's a guy who's really impressive and his physique, but also just his, his play style and, I think, you know, you look, at, too, you look at that picture you just had up, he had the, the C, the captain on his chest, yeah. and that's another important element, you know, of course, these, you know, the general managers, the coaches are all talking to these guys, getting to know them, getting to know, you know, their temperament, getting to know, you know, what, what kind of drives them, and, and what they are, what they would be like in a locker room, that kind of stuff, so yeah, I mean, I think Derek Hall is definitely someone to keep an eye on, uh, someone I, I I've been impressed with in, in the evaluation so far, and you know, it's really interesting to hear from today, too.
0: We'll give a shout-out to everybody watching the show right now. Shout-out to Pewter People, as I like Rice Bish says, what up, Pewter People? Let's go. Uh, Mark Fisher, who always donates to pewterreport.com. By the way, if you donate to Pewter Report, or you want to send us a super chat, we are the bouncers. You will get into the VIP. We will uh, put your comment up right away. He says, forgive my ignorance. Why can't teams send, quote, top dogs or scouts at their home or school if they declare for the draft for uh, much longer than 18 minutes. Well, players don't usually declare for the draft until the season's done. So, I mean, scouts go to games watch players and you kind of the assumption that they are going to. I mean, it's a, if it's a senior, you know they're coming out of the draft. You know, they, they don't have uh, another option. But, you know, other guys can't. You, unless they hire an agent and everything and Nil deals has changed everything you can't just assume that they're going to declare for the draft so that's why uh, you can't have those yeah I mean,
1: look at Florida State this year Jared Verse, who I thought was going to be one of the top prospects in the draft has decided to go back to school I think probably part of that is Nil related so yeah it's a changing landscape but you know, you mentioned how they they go Scouts go to games and then later in the process the team will have these players come to come to the Bucks facility for formal visits and yeah and that kind of stuff so you know, all oh, that's part of the process. And, yeah, I, I think it's weird to me. I was I'm just going through this today and I was like, why is it 18 minutes? Like, is it? How do they right. And who starts minutes? the clock? Like, <laughs> is
0: there an NFL official that comes in? Right. Maybe they got a referee. They Maybe they got a rep. And he's like, all right, on my whistle. And they and they started from there. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. The NFL has a lot of weird quirky rules. Yeah. And that's definitely one of Because I'm someone, you know. Round out, have a zero or a five. <laughs> Go in increments of that. Yeah. Why, eight, why 18? I don't, I don't know. I don't like that. Uh, Kenny Stats with the comment. I don't care how muscular a guy looks, he better be able to actually play. That's all I'm saying. That's that's definitely a fair state. You know, well, I
1: dare call play. the play. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> and let us remember, uh, as we lose connection for a second, let's remember the Bucks love getting players from Auburn. You have Carlton Davis. You have Jamel Dean, or you have Jamel Dean. He might be leaving after this. And you have uh, KJ Britt on the team. So the Bucks have a pipeline of a couple of schools. Auburn is definitely one of them. Uh, Washington has been there as of late. And obviously, um, he fits the mold there. Uh, we do have a $2 super chat from Bucks Basement. Thank you, Bucs Basement. Um, their super chat says... Who's the likeliest to replace Levante David? We will be talking about the inside linebacker group um, in just a moment. We will finish up talking about the edge rushers because we want to also, while we talk about the prospects, we also want to get into the situation that Tampa Bay is in when it comes to um, outside linebackers. So um, two other guys I really wanted to mention real quick. um, Nolan Smith out of Georgia. He was the other star uh marquee player so the complaint about hall is that he doesn't have the size Nolan Smith has the size um he's a much bigger guy he was the most sought after guy um at the press conference today and um the the thing that he really brings is the quickness is the speed that's where the Bucs are really looking to get bigger and better at obviously that's why they drafted Logan Hall last year and um, the pass rushing moves, it's one when you have an arsenal of moves, but he's got the bend that comes with it, too. The dip, you know, pad level is huge in this league. So uh, Nolan Smith is a guy that should be on the Bucks' radar. Will he be there at 19?
1: You know, that's still up for debate. Definitely a character, too. I mean, you, you listen to him talk, and you'll know, have some videos come out. And you'll, you can probably find – you've probably already seen some videos, mm-hmm. um, you know, circulating around Twitter and everything. And, and Nolan Smith certainly has a personality. Um, you know, I didn't have, you know, a ton of production. I think that might be – um, something that I, I don't know. Some teams might look at. Some teams might not. So a lot, a lot of these days, it, it, it depends. It's different, differing philosophy. Where you look at a guy and you say, "All right, well, how projectable is he?" I don't really care what he did in college. Does he have the body? Does he have the mindset? Does he have the skill to turn that into something? And um, as I kick the desk here, um, <laughs> and I, I think that's that's one thing that you know will be remain to be seen. Is, is can that be something that he can take a step forward at the next level and you know, put all that together and get that production that he didn't necessarily have in college at the college level.
0: The last edge rusher I want to talk about before we discuss the Bucks outside linebackers. Um, and part, part of this is a shout-out to Scott Reynolds, PeterReport.com, because he is a Kansas State Wildcat. Um, but we watched the tape on this guy recently. Scott was showing us the tape as well. And Felix Anudike Uzama, um, the... The tape itself really was fantastic. The first thing for me is that he didn't just get to the quarterback, Bailey. He took the ball away. I mean, how many forced fumbles did we see in his highlight video? And that was really something that the Bucs were missing last year. We talk about the splash plays. When an edge rusher gets to the quarterback, that ball should be coming out. Not every single time, obviously. Uh, We have to live in a little bit of reality. But he (laughs) had great hand placement. A fluid movement. I wouldn't say he was like the fastest guy, but he had a fluid movement to him and a big upper body that helped him just, you know, steamroll some offensive lineman Whether he put one hand on him and they were already teetering over, or um, just using his skill set to get to the quarterback, he's a very exciting player.
1: Yeah, I think you can see the get off too. Yes, I, th- I think just off the ball, he he has that burst and really, really impressive player to watch. And I don't know, it, like you mentioned with the with. The Bucs needed to get to the quarterback and knock that ball loose. You, we saw it. in Shaq Barrett's, you know, he led the league in sacks in 2019. He also led the league in forced fumbles. He had six forced fumbles that year. It was a huge part of the Bucks defense. And, you know, the Bucs need more takeaways, however they can get them. It doesn't matter if they're interceptions or forced fumbles or, you know, sack fumbles. The Bucs just need more turnovers going forward. And, you know, if they can find that uh, in a guy like NUDK Uzoma, I think it would be um, you know, something that everybody would enjoy. I think Scott would enjoy maybe a little bit more, given that the Kansas State tie. But, yeah, really a really an impressive player um, and somebody that the Bucks met with formally. So keep him on your radar.
0: Scott would be absolutely giddy <laughs> if they drafted this guy. Now, will he? I mean, even our guy, Trevor sickema we were having a conversation with him today about whether or not the Bucs are um, going to Go with that route and the reason why they might have to go with that route with their 19th overall pick is because there's a lot of questions for the box when it comes to outside linebacker heading into the 2023 season Shaq Barrett as you see on the screen is rehabbing he's in the middle of rehabbing a an Achilles injury that's obviously really serious. I don't have very high expectations for, for Shaq Barrett. And and then, of course, the other guy, maybe the most polarizing figure on the Bucs right now, defensively at well, least. Devin White exists. Devin White <laughs> does exist. Yeah, you're right. Devin White is one. Uh, you know what? Todd Bowles said Ansel Luther Jr. is top three best player on on defense for the Bucs. I'm going to say Joe Tryon, uh, Top three uh, polarizing
1: yeah.
0: uh, for the Bucs. And the, the story with JTS... Eight sacks in two seasons. For each season, he is Mister Close, but no cigar. I
1: was going to say eight sacks in two seasons. How many? How many sacks that he just missed? You think probably, you know, up, upwards of maybe ten to twelve. I think that he's missed. Um, where I mean, he, he's missing and he has making, and sometimes more uh, than he's making. And he's a guy who really needs to take a step forward in year three. I wrote about this on pewterreport.com. Uh, went up this morning about how you know the Bucks are hopeful that you know, adding George Edwards, the, the new outside linebackers coach, hoping that he can really, really, you know, do some some wonders and work some wonders with uh, Joe Tronsoenka. And, man, when you had that Shaq Barrett, I don't know what it is in my mind, but when you had that picture of Shaq Barrett up there, it just feels like, and I know it happened like half the season, but it just feels like we haven't seen Shaq Barrett play in a long time. And it, it does. It worries me because I think it's it's almost in a, in a situation these days where, When a player tears his ACL, yeah, it's obviously a significant catastrophic injury. But you see a lot of comebacks these days from Mm -hmm. ACLs. You see see that injury as one that guys are are more, I don't want to say easily, because obviously the the recovery and the rehab is is just grueling. But you see those guys, and you see stories of guys coming back from torn ACLs, maybe not, let's say more frequently, but you see a lot of that. And then the Achilles is something that kind of can linger. The Achilles injury is a tough one to get over, especially when you're 30 years old um, you know, as Shaq will be, and I know Todd Bowles said, "Yeah, Tom Brady played till he was 45." That doesn't. Tom he's Brady is yeah, to the, the exception to the rule. <laughs> we can start, looking at everybody in the Bucks roster and saying, "Well, he he could play till he's 45." Because that's just, especially you know, with different positions. That's not going to be the case. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting to see what the Bucks will do with their pass rush because they need it to be much, much better. I wouldn't say it's the war. It was like the reason why the Bucks went eight and nine last year. I mean, obviously. A lot of that, you know, blame lies with the offense, but the Bucks' defense is inconsistency, and I think their, you know, their lapses probably came a lot of times as a result of failing to get the quarterback.
0: And I think what is most concerning, as you said, Bailey, that Shaq—it felt like he wasn't there much that season or last season. But that's because the production that he was bringing really wasn't that spectacular at the time. I hate to. Kick a man while he's down. I'm not <laughs> kicking Shaq Barrett yeah. by any means. But Shaq only had, what, two or three sacks in that going into that Thursday night game? Yeah. And he was playing really well in that game specifically before yeah. he got injured, which sucked. But it wasn't like Shaq was playing like the Pro Bowl player that he's been since going to Tampa Bay. So the thing that's most scary on top of an uncertainty with Shaq Barrett, an uncertainty with Joe Try and Shoyinka, but the Bucks don't have any other options. Yeah. You know, Anthony Nelson was better than Joe Trianchanka. Let's just call a spade a spade. J- uh, Anthony Nelson, who was going to free agency, played better when Shaq got hurt. When it was up to him and JTS, the, you know, the victor went to Anthony Nelson. And Carl Nassib, again, is a free agent. He's a team guy, was formerly a team captain. I like the motor that Carl Nassib brings, but... It's no guarantee that he's going to be back. So that's the scariest thing for me is, and you talk about the offensive side of the ball, where when they're going to cut Donovan Smith, they have to figure out what they're going to do at offensive tackle. They might pigeonhole the Bucks. They're kind of getting pigeonholed with outside linebacker because Shaq's going to be
1: gone for a while. And if JTA JTS doesn't live up to the hype, uh, well, the Bucks are kind of back to square one. Yeah. And one other guy I want to mention is Cam Gill, who, because I think yeah. we're kind of counting on Cam Gill to be a really important rotational guy this past year. And obviously, he suffered that. He was a foot injury, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Training camp. And he missed the whole year. So, you know, I, I hope, and I, I hope to see him back just for, for Cam's sake, but also for the Bucks' sake. Hope to see him kind of bounce back and, you know, turn into the player the Bucks need him to be. Um, but again, that's another question. It's like, he he missed all of this past season, and he's never been, you know, the guy who is, you know, he's never been. most productive player you know it's somebody that they're counting on to take that next step and you know will that injury set him back will he be able to come back and and have that type of impact they need from him i don't know it's another question
0: it's another question one question that i always have is who am i going to pick when i am playing with underdog fantasy and football season might be done but that's all right they have so many other sports that you can get involved with whether it's the ufc Huge fight this weekend. John Bones Jones makes his return. He's fighting on Saturday night. That's a great card. I'm very excited for that one. You also have the NBA. You also have the NHL. Baseball's in spring training right now. They're coming back at the end of this month because we are in the month of March. Man, that's crazy. Our birthday's are coming up. (laughs) Um, And you have golf as well. And if you're a fan of Netflix, there's the series full swing. A lot of people have been getting into that, so it's great to bet on the PGA as well. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to get involved with professional sports, and that's with their rivals and their pick'ems games. Usually I say pick'ums first rivals, but you know what? New city, new uh, new Adri. So the Pick'em and Rivals are so much fun, you just have to pick at least two players uh in their prop bets whether it's most points will they get a birdie on this hole um whatever it is and to pick them you know you're usually rooted for your players the rivals you might be picking against a team that you hate um you know whether it's maybe the lightning or playing the panthers and you want the panthers to do poorly or who are the Rays' rivals i guess the marlins yankees. oh yankees uh, yeah yeah what did everyone I say? Hates the yankees. Yeah, pick against the yankees i'm all with that so um Go to Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code Pewter and double your first deposit. Do the Magic have a uh, arrival? The Heat, I would say. Yeah. All right. Samples. Well, people people do like Miami Heat. Yeah. All right. We'll just <laughs> stick with uh, we'll stick with dissing the Florida Panthers. So, sure. uh, yeah. Double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars using the promo code Pewter over at Underdog Fantasy. Check it out today. All right. The next position that uh, we spoke to was inside linebacker and what i should have prefaced is that edge rusher was the most sought after at least by the box when it came to formal yeah. interviews there were not as many uh formal interviews when it came to um inside linebacker but that's okay we'll spend a little more time on De- uh Devin white i was about to say devonte white devon white and levante but i guess that would if you mix their names together that's uh that's what it would be. But I know uh, Drew Sanders was one of the guys that had a formal interview. Bailey, if you just want to tell us uh, the other formal interview and maybe a couple of the guys that had an informal
1: interview. Yeah, so uh, it was Drew Mark That was one formal. The other formal was Indiana inside linebacker Cam Jones. Um, you know, they actually had quite a quite a bit of the informals with uh, some of these guys. Uh, so I see a from Pitt. He met with them both at the Super Bowl and the Combine. Uh, Isaiah Moore from North Carolina State, TCU's D. Winters, who I know had a pretty good senior bowl week uh, himself. I talked to Florida inside linebacker Ventral Miller today, and he said he's spoken with the Bucs a couple of times, both uh, informal, um, and then you know a couple other guys, DJ Johnson, um, Tucker Hayward, and Owen Papo. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys they've talked to, but only yeah. those two formals where I think they're probably with those informals doing their due diligence, but you know they'll know by, I mean, I don't know what will be, a couple weeks probably, whether or not Levante David is back. And if Levante David comes back, you have Levante David, you have Devin White as your starters. And that inside linebacker need becomes more of all right, who are we going to find later in the later rounds for depth, And, you know, maybe a potential guy to develop, to step in next to Devin White whenever Levante David does, hang him up or go elsewhere, whatever ends up happening. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think they're probably doing their due diligence there. But in talking to Todd Bowles and Jason Light yesterday, it sounded like they – want to get something done with Levante David, obviously the money's going to have to be right. They're, they're 56 million over the cap as it is right now. So we'll have to get under the cap They'll have to be able to see if they can figure out, you know, the right, the right pay for, for Levante David.
0: The price is right. And the deal is real as Bruce Arians <laughs> once said, I
1: don't know if Todd Bowles really has
0: a uh, <laughs> really has saying he has one saying, but we're not, uh, we're not going to give that away. Um, Just real quick when it comes to um, sorry, when it comes to Drew Sanders, PFF has him, they have a section that says shades of like who he's similar to, and their shades of is Troy Anderson. And Troy Anderson was a guy that I really liked uh, coming out of school last year. He was just a tackling machine. But uh, the pros of him, of, um, of Drew Sanders, rushes the passer like an edge defender, helps that he played that position in Alabama, uh, gassed up in the open field, Works to the sideline with ease. Long and lean, ideal body type for an off-ball linebacker in today's NFL. Uh, Some of his cons, still figuring out the breaking down in space as a tackler thing. Logged 22 missed tackles in 2022. Um, His eyes are in the backfield in coverage and won't find receivers coming into the zone. Uh, Doesn't have the pop when taking on guards you'd expect from a former edge. More of a block avoider. Kind of sounds like Devin White (laughs) A, a little bit. And yeah, I I did speak to Drew Sanders a little bit. His demeanor was quite interesting because I felt he was taking it seriously. I don't think that he was, you know, poo-pooing the questions and the the atmosphere. Um, But he was very cool, calm, and collected. And I think a lot of times with football players, especially defensive players, we look for the guy that's like in your face. You know, the tenacity we talked about earlier. We want a guy that's just kind of going to be all up in your grill. And that – wasn't really drew Sanders at all that that doesn't mean that he doesn't care or anything like that i mean we've seen on the flip side i was talking to scott about this kristen Wirtz is the definition of mr nice guy and he's the best right tackle in the nfl or arguably so uh it was just interesting seeing him so chill up there compared to some of the other uh defensive linemen but as we mentioned todd bowles talking about Devin white um Jason Light talking about Levante David. Uh, We do have a brief clip of them talking about the respective linebackers, and we'll dive further into the two top guys for the Bucs after this video. That he's one of the
1: iconic players of Tampa Bay and will always be a Buccaneer and, uh, you know, I'm still not uh, um, out of the realm of possibility that he'd be playing for us next year, so um, it takes two to agree to it, so we blow up We'll see how that unfolds, but um, but uh, he's an awesome player. We don't want to talk about any offers or any conversations that we've had so far, but um, we'd love to see uh, Devontae continue to play. You no, know, Devin takes a lot of heat for some of the things everybody told us to miss tackle, but he makes tackles that I haven't seen linebackers make in 30 years. He, he can make plays for us. He's still one of our best two players on defense. Uh, have a lot of faith in him. His growth mentally, understanding the system—it's not an easy system—has been outstanding. Uh, I think the world of the guy. Uh, I think he's a heck of a ball player. I think this will probably be one of his better seasons. You can hear
0: from Todd Bowles talking about Devin White. We've talked about that—it's a blind spot for Todd—is—is—is is, is Devin White. But they have a, a true true like great relationship uh between the two of them uh to go as far to say that devin has made tackles that he hasn't seen in 30 years i don't know that's a bit of a a bit of a stretch and for jason light the way the question was phrased uh, because it it very much sounded like jason was talking in in like past tense like he was a great buccaneer we were there he wasn't meaning like, oh, it's off the table for, da- uh, right. for Levante David. It's just it, the way the question was phrased and it, it, it may, ha- may look that, that type of way. Uh, but let, let's start with Levante. I don't exactly know what the market is for Levante David, especially now that Bobby Wagner is, uh, is available as well. Levante is aging. He's still good. Yeah. He's still solid and consistent. But he's not the all-pro level Levante David. I truly think, I want to get your thoughts. The Bucks are going to give him an offer. It's not going to be exactly what Levante wants. It'll be less than what Levante was getting next year. But I think the understanding is, Levante, we love you. This is all we can afford right now. If you want to take it, we'd love to have you back. But if you want to shop around a little bit and then return, we can address that too.
1: Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday, you Scott and I. We were mentioning how you know there there are a lot of younger inside linebackers who are going to be hitting the market this off season, and so you kind of wonder what the market is like for him, and you do think maybe maybe they give him an offer. You know, it's I, I don't know maybe where, wherever they can, they can realistically afford him, yeah, and see all right, hey, if if you get a deal somewhere else, that's up to you to decide whether that deal somewhere else is worth, you know, leaving this team that, you know, you, he said, Levante said that he would like to be back, he'd like to retire a Buccaneer, but obviously he's mentioned how it's a business and the money has to be right and all that. But, you know, if he goes somewhere else and they give him a significantly um, bigger deal, I, you know, you'd imagine he's going to take it. But if, if it's kind of a marginal difference, I know it's funny to say marginal when we're talking about millions of dollars. Here, <laughs> um, when it's a mar- great. Yeah. When it's a yeah. marginal <laughs> difference to, to an NFL player and to what he's already made, you kind of wonder, what will come into his into him making that decision? What will go into the decision? Will, will it be, all right, well, the Bucks probably aren't going to be a Super Bowl contender right now. I can go somewhere else to maybe play for uh, you know the playoffs, play for the Super Bowl. That could be a possibility. Maybe it's, you know, just let me just get as much money as I can while I'm an NFL player. Or maybe it's, hey, I, I can take a little bit less money, not deal with the state income taxes in Florida, which is probably a benefit to the Bucs. The Jordan Bucks side. Boyer <laughs> um, <laughs> really wants yeah. to. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe he thinks, you know, that just means that much to him where he wants to be a guy who sticks with the team for his entire career. He is saying, I mean, he, he's referenced before Ronde Barber and Derek Brooks you know, and yeah. how rare that is, especially these days. And you know, what it would mean to him for, for that to happen. So, you know, obviously the money has to be right. And it, it's, it's hard to kind of even gauge where the money will be right right now, because they have so much work to do to get cap compliant. And so you don't even know how much they can afford to give him with that initial offer. But It'll be definitely interesting to see and, and kind of monitor over the next couple of weeks.
0: Um, exactly. That, that that's the, uh, that that's the cog in the whole machine. I really like what you brought up earlier about bringing in someone to essentially groom them to be the next starter. Cause let's face it. If Levante isn't back and sure, there's other linebackers out there and free agency, but the depth at linebacker right now is really, really bad. And uh, I'm not trying to disc, you know, KJ Britt and, and J.J. Russell, but they're fine special teams players. The Bucks want to keep them on the on the 53-man roster. I'm all for it because they help out in special teams. Like you can't trust them to be a starting inside linebacker for a Todd Bowles-led defense. We actually have a lot of difference of opinion. We'll talk about Devin in just a moment because uh, Al says, I like Devin. I don't get the hate. Only thing is when 2023 is over – how can we afford it? That's the other side of this whole equation is that they, they're already in a tough financial spot. Next year, they have to decide whether they still want Devin White as their inside linebacker. But if you lose Levante this year and you lose Devin White this year or next year, you are essentially are forced to, pay, to pick an inside linebacker early, either in this year's draft or next year's draft. And is Devin worth the money? I don't know. It depends this on point. who you ask. It it really depends Tom on who was. you ask. Al also talking about Levante said ten, maybe nine if Bobby is still um, on the market. And then Charlie, with a much different of opinion about Devin White, said Dude gets straight embarrassed against the Ravens on national television and then goes out and makes terrible comments after the after the game. Yeah, a bad one. yeah, Charlie goes on to say, I don't understand anything Todd Bowles. Seeing with Devin, we got four years of mostly subpar play for a fifth overall pick. I don't agree with subpar play for his tenure with the box. Yeah. I mean, like his rookie year, he's learned in the game. I, I think it was quite promising uh, the year they won the Super Bowl. He was a very exciting player. Did pretty well. Especially I would just say down
1: the stretch in that year and in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, remember you had an interception in the Super Bowl that you know the game was pretty much done by the then. Saints but game.
1: The Saints game too, he had that big pick. Yeah,
0: and it it secured it at least secured that the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown, and yeah. you could say that for the the rest of uh, the rest of history that Bucks defense did not allow a touchdown to the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and also. For those that do Super Bowl boxes myself, <laughs> I won so much money because no one scored. I won for the third quarter, and no one scored in the fourth quarter. Wow. So thank you to Devin White uh, for that. But, yeah, what's your thought about the Devin White situation?
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where I very, very much just kind of ride the fence on it. It's, it's, tough, <laughs> to do. it's tough to do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it, though. Um, because, yeah, you see, you see in some cases what Todd Bowles sees with Devin White. And in other cases, you're like, what is this dude talking about? Like Devin White is just, you see him, he can't get off a block. And, you know, he makes these, these, he overruns plays. He makes these mistakes that you just can't make. And that Ravens game is a prime example. And that was a really, really bad showing for Devin White. And then, yeah, I don't think there's, there's been times where I don't think Devin's helped himself, you know, whether it's been in the media, you know, on Twitter, whatever he said, um, you know, there's been some times where he hasn't helped himself, but, you know, you see, The star potential there—you see that playmaking ability—and I think down the stretch in 2022, this past season, you saw a little bit more of a reined-in Devin White. You saw he didn't make as many mistakes. You know, he wasn't—you know—having the troubles that he was having earlier in the season. But at the same time, you kind of lost that playmaking ability. You weren't seeing him with the sacks as much. You weren't seeing him force fumbles or—you know—getting any turnovers. So it's one of those things where you have to determine what 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 is the trade-off. You know, can you live with some of those mistakes. If you're going to get, you know, these splash plays, or you know, are you going to say, all right, just because the way the Bucks linebackers are set up right now, like Levante David hasn't been that same playmaker that he was earlier in his career, but Devin White was making the play yes. a couple years ago. But then if you have two guys that are just steady, steady linebackers, that could be good. But there's a, you know, very defined ceiling there. I think is you know, if you're not having a playmaking linebacker. But again, you know, it, it depends on how safe you want to be and how much you can live with those uh, those issues sometimes. Because, yeah, they are they are tough to watch when they happen.
0: Football fan says, yes, need to think about Devin. He's just so inconsistent. And, you know, that that's one of the sentiments about the Levante-Devin combo. I mean, there was a time where a lot of people said that they were the best linebacker duo in the NFL. And then it kind of became, man, Levante-David is really covering up for a lot of the mistakes that Devin white, um, is making. So yeah, it's, it's a big year for Devin, for him to be on his own. If the, if the bucks are going to be in a post Levante David world,
1: um, the magnifying glass is going to be way on top. There's a, there's a good point too. If someone made up there, you know, on the side of, you know, if you have to think about, um, Paying Devin White, you know, is it really worth it? Yeah. And I think that the comment says, do we have to pay Worfs? Don't even have to think about it. Even Winfield, pay him. Devin, you do have to think about it. And I think that's actually a good point. I think I think Tristan Wirfs is obviously a slam dunk. He's the top priority in terms of getting a new contract done, um, you know, for, for the future. Winfield's another guy they want to have to keep around. But you kind of mentioned, you think about the situation they're in where, yeah, if they do lose Levante David, or even if they don't lose Levante David this offseason, but if, if it's, you know, he's 30. 30- Three years old now. He just had a birthday a couple weeks ago. I guess it might have been a month ago now. forget yeah, we're in March. It's yeah, a no. Thing. But, you know, he doesn't have that long left in the NFL, especially at a high level. So you kind of wonder, even if he signs a new deal a couple years down the road, you're probably going to have to replace him. And if you're thinking we're moving on from Devin White, you're going to have to replace him. So you probably are going to find yourself in that situation, regardless of, of whether or not they bring back Levante David this offseason. So that's kind of a, a tough place to be in for the Bucs.
0: A solid comment from only Bucks fan there. Good one. Uh, I like Rice Bish. Also said Devin is hyper athletic and charismatic. I think Todd really does like him, but he's blinded by the awe of such an athletic linebacker. If White can rein it in, he could be the top linebacker in the league. Uh, I was just thinking Todd being in awe of Devin. Todd's a big music guy, so maybe he likes <laughs> Get Live Stables.
1: He might. He might like that song. <laughs> yeah, to song?
0: Yeah, great song. Uh, We're going to talk about the defensive tackles in just a moment. But first, let's hear a message from our friends at
1: Age Rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time. had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to Age Rejuvenation because... I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now.
0: Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Have better sex using age rejuvenation.com. That is former Buccaneer John Gilmore, who's part of the Pewter Tailgate Show this season. I miss John. You miss now, John? Now that,
1: now that we're in the offseason, I don't to see John at the Tailgate Shows anymore. Miss John.
0: He seems like a good dude. I've never met yeah. him because, obviously, I did the Pewter Game Day Show uh, live from my home studio. Uh, but, yeah, seems like an awesome guy. Clearly in great shape, you can tell by that photo. Um, and he talks a ton about how much it's helped him. Scott Reynolds dot pewterreport.com has talked a lot about how um, it's energized him a lot more. I know we typically think of Celsius with with that, but it's given Scott a lot of energy as well. He feels younger, too. Uh, They have testosterone therapy, peptide therapy, and stem cell therapy. So go to agerejuvenation.com and see how it can help you today. Bailey, there was one linebacker that was a snub from – the combine this year we saw him at the senior bowl but he's not at the combine but he could be a potential late round replacement for uh, levante david
1: yeah jackson state's aubrey miller you know you guys if you were you know watching the podcast back when we were in mobile um you know doing the doing the road games there in mobile for for the senior bowl we talked a lot about miller that week he had a fantastic week um kind of surprising i think not to see him um you know get the, the combine invite because of just you know everything he did, not only at the Senior Bowl, Senior Bowl, but just you know at Jackson State, and really, really fun player to watch, really intriguing player. And I think we've had him in a couple of uh, mock drafts, and and we've written about him a couple of times as somebody who could be a day three pick that maybe not maybe doesn't start you know in 2023, but is somebody that you eventually you know build up, develop, groom to be a starting caliber player. Um, someone with a lot of upside it looks like he was super exciting to watch and he kind of looked
0: like Devin White because he was wearing number 45 <laughs> and he had a lot of confidence and swagger but you talk about turning the ball over which the pucks need a lot of that going into the season he was forcing fumbles left and right I mean he was great on the blitz he was demolishing uh, some of the running backs um, I know he forced a fumble on Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh which I kind of felt bad because he had got injured the day before yeah. he had those leg cramps. he comes back and Wham! He hit some enforcers. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. He sent another running back, you know, got the whirling dervish kind of going. So he was making plays. I think a lot of people were really surprised that he did not get the invite to uh, the NFL combine. But you know what? Now he'll have a bigger chip on his shoulder, and hopefully that'll help him if he goes to Tampa Bay um, this year. Let's get into the defensive linemen. Um again, not too many formal interviews, but formal and informal interviews. Bailey
1: hit us with them. Um so the formal interview was South Carolina's Zach Pickens, who's somebody I, I watched um, you know, on the way to Mobile. We were having that, that long car ride. I watched a little bit of Zach Pickens and was became way impressed with him. Um, and I think he had a pretty solid showing in Mobile. Um but that was that was it. That was the only formal interview they had. Um they had an informal with uh, Northwestern's, am I going to butcher this, out of yeah. Close something? enough. We kept calling we him A Double A, A from
0: Northwestern. That's, he, again, was at been. the Senior Bowl and was great at the Senior Bowl. Um, really, the only issue with him is that he's six two, and he ain't getting any taller. He's already pretty wide, so how much wider can he really get? Yeah. Um, but it w- was really fun to watch at the Senior Bowl, so interesting to see. Where he will go. A couple of the other guys, Clemson defensive lineman KJ Henry and Alabama defensive lineman DJ Dale, we'll talk about them in just a moment. But you also had Texas D lineman uh, Keandre Coburn uh, and West Virginia's Dante Stills. Now, KJ Henry and DJ Dale actually spoke a little bit more about the Bucs specifically. So, because Henry played at Clemson, he's actually familiar with Bucs' safety nolan turner for those who might be what who nolan turner um he signed as an undrafted free agent out of clemson and almost made the bucks roster um at training camp he did not but went to the practice squad and then eventually got onto the main roster after uh you know injuries and uh, and things of that nature and then for dj dale he had an interview with the box an informal one and but he he talked a lot about his meeting where they watched tape together, and they asked him if he, you know, if he was watching the Bucks specifically. He said that he liked some of the Bucks' uh, defensive line. He said that he watched tape of Vita Vea even all the way back when Vita Bay was playing at Washington. So uh, a little bit of a Bucks connection there. A couple other guys spoke about the Bucks: Derek Hall and um, Leota. What's his first name? It's like Iku I, yeah, Iku Leota. Um, Had some cool things to say about the box, whether it was meeting the box or using Tampa Bay in Madden. So uh, we're just going to play a little compilation of these prospects at linebacker edge rusher and D line uh, talking about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the discussions that they've had.
1: I met with him last night, actually, and uh, you know had opportunity to sit down, talk with him, get up on the board, you know, talk some defense, you know, watch some film from Auburn, and really process, you know, show my IQ and the things that I, that I really love, you know, doing with this game of football. Yeah. what was your impression of Todd Bowles? I loved him. I loved him. Uh, he he wasn't the guy that really, you know, said much at the time. You know, he sat back, and you know, I think it. We had that position, you really need the opportunity to really sit back and just watch how guys approach, you know, how they really do a lot of different things. So it, it was amazing. Nolan Turner um, is like the Hunter Renfro of defense. Uh, he just, he looks like he shouldn't be that fast, that athletic, and that good at football, but he is. I promise you he is. Um, a great person, good friend of mine, uh, definitely helped me with my career. Um, and, and the leadership that he had, being an older brother. Uh, I think he's just a, a gem that, that the Bucks have, and I think he'll be playing for football for a very long time. Yeah, just watching, uh, I mean, just watching this defense, and playing with their defense on Madden as well. So it's just like, you get to get a feel. Th- they're a 3-4 defense, they run a 4, two, four two, 5 at times. So I've played a lot of different schemes, and that's what's helped me become the player that I am today as well. Um, another great organization. Um, I watch a lot of the guys, um, a fan of a lot of the defense alignment there. Um, but yeah, some good, good, com- good Yeah, Vita
0: Bay has become one of the best nose tackles yeah. and linemen in the league. Logan Hall, they just grabbed him last year, so yeah, talent there. Yeah, they yeah. asked
1: me about some guys who I, um, like to watch. He's um, definitely a guy that I say every single time. Um, i watched him since he was at Washington. Um, so, yeah, he's a good, he's a good dude. Yeah, so I mean, it was really interesting to hear from some of those guys, especially with the the Bucks connection there. Um, you ask them a little bit about some of the current Bucks players and guys they've they've played with or guys they've watched. Um, KJ Henry is an interesting one. Kind of was listening to him talk. Really, really bright guy. Um, really interesting to hear from. He's the thing is he is a distinction to make here. He's a defensive lineman. He's listed as a defensive lineman, but he's more of an edge guy. You know, he's got the body of an edge guy, and he is an edge rusher. Um, but you know, we we lumped him in here listed as as defensive lineman, but. Yeah, it was always, it's always fun to kind of hear, um, you know, I think mean, we did a little bit at Mo- Mobile and, and now here in, in Indy, where you kind of hear from some of these guys and their impressions of, you know, different teams. I think some of you hear some of the questions from pe- people covering other teams and kind of get an, an insight and a look into how these guys view the NFL, how they watch the NFL game. And, you know, some of them just maybe casually, some of them, you know, really watching guys, like trying to get better watching these guys on tape. Um, and, you know, maybe playing Madden with him. So it's always fun to, to kind of get that insight.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, like, how much people have learned about Madden, like, different defenses yeah. and blitzes and, and schemes like that. And I've never
1: been very intricate of a Madden player. I've been, like, that one. And yeah, then, I'm always like, as screw as it, I've just gotten, gotten, blitz them. <laughs> you know, as I've gotten, you know, a little bit more football over years, I've like, all right. Yeah, actually, offensively, I'll
0: try to like yeah. set stuff up legitimately. Well, yeah, defense, i kind of like, all right, just like, <laughs> you get a turnover or just get me the ball yeah, back. Exactly. Or, How do I get after uh, the quarterback? But yeah, it is fascinating to see. Some people don't watch the NFL at all. Like, I remember Trevor Lawrence saying, like, yeah, growing up, he was a big fan of Tennessee, which takes it odd He didn't go to Tennessee, and he went to Clemson, but he didn't really watch football. A lot of other guys watch, like, players from their alma mater that are are now in uh, the NFL. And, like you know, DJ Dale, even though he went to Alabama, he was watching Vita Veya, which brings us to the situation that the Bucs have at defensive line. And you got Vita Veya, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. You have Logan Hall going into second year. A little bit more to be desired when it comes to Logan Hall and Bailey. That's I'm it. About it. <laughs> and Will Colston is... A longtime veteran, uh, you know, still got some gas left in the tank, but he is heading into free agency. I feel like, will it's either going to be back at the Bucks, or he's going to retire or, you know, he's from he's from Michigan. So I wouldn't rule out him like going to the Lions, especially because they're like kind of on the up and up. Yeah. Um, But Nacho, again, energy guy. Nacho
1: Nacho feels like he'll be back. I don't know why. I would say,
0: uh, yeah, I have a better feeling about Nacho returning than I do um, Will Golston. Um, Who am I missing? Uh, Pat Pat O'Connor, obviously, signed a one-year deal last year, so he's free agent. Akeem Hicks is the big one. I don't feel like Akeem Hicks will be back. Um, He got injured for a little bit. Helpful in the run, but he had one sack. He had one sack, and it came in the last week of the regular season. Good veteran presence. I just feel like the Bucks would rather go in a different direction.
1: Yeah, I would be pretty shocked if he's back. And I almost—I was th- finding myself thinking about this, uh, you know, earlier today, um, with with Golston and with Nacho. I feel like, well, Nacho has always been a Nacho always been a uh, reserve kind of guy, and I think you know he would be back in that role if he were to return to Tampa. I almost feel with Golston like if he's back, that might kind of be his kind of thing too, where like he's not a starting defensive line into the box anymore. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they do think he can bounce back from this past year because it wasn't the greatest year for Will. Yeah. Um, but maybe, they, maybe they think, all right, let's you know, we'll see, you know, have some young guys to bring in, but we'll see what Will can do, you know, still at this age. Or maybe they say, Hey, Will's a valuable presence in the locker room. He can still get the job done as a, as a rotational guy. Let's bring him back, you know, on the Chiefs. I don't think he's going to cost a ton. Um, so just definitely a weird spot to be in because they need to get, they need to get younger. Up front, they do, but they don't have any, and I think they they have so many other needs that they can't just you know stockpile through the draft. They can't be like, let's just draft four defensive line because it's just not not a reality for them.
0: Well, Jason Light said if I had it my way, I'd draft five <laughs> pass rushers and we'd have 15 picks. I agree. So, Will was better in 2021 than yeah. he was in 2022. What does that mean for 2023? What I will argue is he was better towards the end of last season, yeah. which I think uh helped Kate. We'll see again. The Bucks obviously smaller contract, but the Bucks don't really have too much room for really any of that. And you heard Jason say we need speed and we need to get younger. And you know, defensive line. That's why Logan Hall is there because he brings the speed. Will doesn't necessarily do that. Neither does Nacho. Uh, So the Bucks have a lot of tough decisions to make. An easy decision to make though is uh picking celsius as your energy drink you heard us talk about the new flavors earlier but don't forget about the vibes the vibes are always high on this show we're talking about the arctic vibe one of my favorite flavors the peach vibe and tropical vibes you also got a lot of other great flavors from the uh, sparkling kiwi guava to the classic orange the sparkling watermelon uh strawberry acai uh what else is there? Strawberry lemonade as well, the Fuji apple pear, and the peach mango. A ton of awesome, different flavors. Um, if you want to get them in bulk, I'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. As much as you love your bodega, get them sent to your house every uh, week, month, quarterly, whenever it is. Again, just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks. The official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. That's about going to do it for us on today's show. But please, if you're a fan of PeterReport.com, please like and subscribe to our social media at PeterReport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel, PeterReport TV. We have the podcast on here four times a week. We have various clips from you know press conferences, uh, clips from the podcast that are a little more specific. Uh, We have stuff up from the Combine this week. Todd Bowles talking about Antoine Winfield Jr., where he's going to play at safety uh, next season. discussion about Kyle Trask. We're going to have a little more content coming up today and tomorrow and the rest of the week. So please, just do us a favor. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that like button. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, don't you worry. We're done with today's show. But we have another one coming up tomorrow at 4 p.m. tomorrow at the Combine. The cornerbacks are speaking, and boy, do we know the Bucks need some corners, potentially, depending on what happens in free agency. But that'll do it for us on today's show. For Bailey Adams, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out.